Welcome to TRC Talks, a podcast by The Reynolds Company, an authorized distributor for Rockwell Automation. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Brad Freeman, and today's episode is a conversation that Wayne had with Mike Masterson and Joe Belaski on migrating from MicroLogix to Micro 800. This was a recent Tech Talk webinar topic, so if you want to learn more, be sure to check out that recording at the Reynolds YouTube page. Speaking of our Tech Talks, on February 17th, we have a networking update with Panduit. And on February 24th, we have a session on fiber optic cable selection. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a complete list of our upcoming topics. Thank you again for listening. Please enjoy this conversation between Wayne, Mike, and Joe. So welcome back to TRC Talks, the podcast from the Reynolds Company. And today we're going to discuss Micrologics to Micro 800 migrations. And this was a, a topic of a recent tech talk we did. And uh, joining me today are the two guys that did that tech talk, Mike Masterson and Joe Belaski out of Houston. Welcome, guys. Good to be here. Glad to be here. And first, I think we have to uh, to just put it on the table. And and uh, Joe was going to be a presenter in that tech talk, but never actually got the chance to talk. So today, Joe, we will uh, we will correct that and allow you to speak, hopefully. Well, barring any technical issues, that would be kind of fun. You guys are still assuming that it was technical issues. That's true. So our topic is, again, the MicroLogics to Micro 800 migration. And the MicroLogics um, portfolio or, or platform has gone through a lot of lifecycle changes uh, over the last few years. So I thought we'd start off with maybe just talking about you know, what is Rockwell's lifecycle strategy in general, kind of what are these those steps in its lifecycle of, of any product, not just the MicroLogics? Rockwell's got a uh, system to kind of inform us about the lifecycle of all of their different products. So they have this lifecycle status, and that status can be one of four different levels. So we have active, active mature, end of life, and discontinued. And active is at any active product. Active mature is typically product that we have something newer to migrate to. Um, we, there's product that may not be around for a long time. Uh, there isn't a definite end date on it yet, um, but it is going to be around. But So we look at that active mature product as kind of a replacement or repair type systems, but we don't typically use those on newer applications. And then end of life is when we've actually dictated a. This is a lot. There's going to be a last time buy, uh, typically up to two years away. That gives us an opportunity to say, you know, we need to get our stuff in. We need to look at migrations. We need to look at what we're going to do. And then discontinued is actually once it's no longer available for purchase new. And even then, we still do a lot of repair work. Uh, Rockwell offers repair for a lot of their components, and we still support that older equipment. We just don't sell it new. Generally, when things get to end of life, we go out of our way to try to push people to the more modern product. We we want to make sure the products we sell 
are viable and as a solution. And when they get to last couple of years of life, we do make a concerted effort to try to reach out to the customers and come up with a migration plan. Yeah, we know the migration plans. I mean, for a customer to migrate is not an easy thing, right? It takes time. It takes money. It takes downtime too, right? So uh, just at least to get those plans in place. Merkle usually does a very good job of putting together those migration plans when products hit that active mature phase. So, and sometimes even before then, they start putting together those migration plans, all of the documentation, building the tools to simplify the migration as much as we can. In some cases, there's, you know, drop-in replacements. Some cases, there's engineer, the, the engineering piece is simplified. And, you know, in some cases, we can simplify the wiring as well. So there's a lot of different things that we have done to try to make those simple. So let's talk a little bit about the MicroLogics, you know, first and kind of what made the MicroLogics unique. And I guess also explain maybe where it's at on its life cycle. We said, you know, a few have gone away, but overall where it's at on its life cycle. Well, for the most part right now, the only viable MicroLogics available is the the MicroLogics 1400, which is the one that traditionally has 32 discrete I.O. built into it. That's still available. The MicroLogics 1100 is and uh, is classified as active mature. So it does have a limited shelf life. We'll say five years or less, but the 1400 will be around for quite some time. But that leaves us the Micrologics 1000, which was a brick type uh, PLC with no expansion capability, the 1200 and the Micrologics 1500. Those are no, no longer viable solutions. And we need to start pushing people either into the Micrologics 1400, or we need to seriously look at migrating it to the Micro 800, which is the new product, which I hate to say, it's not really new. It's been out for well over 10 years, but it, it so it is a mature product, but it is has a much better feature set than the Micrologics has, and um, networking's built into these controllers. And uh, one nice thing about it, uh, they come with free software. We don't often get to say that in the Rockwell world. Yeah, and the Micrologics, the uh, one of the the main things there is that they were mostly uh, serial based. The fourteen hundred did have the Ethernet capability, and and so did so does the eleven hundred. And that gave us some different stuff. And so the migration path for those is typically, you know, staying within the MicroLogics whenever you can because it's simple. But, you know, now that the uh, Micro 800 is available and is proven, you know, as a mature product, it's we're on, what, revision 12 of the software now, Micro 800. And that really has simplified the uh, migration path and the tools exist to do the migration. And we'll dig into those a little bit more. Let's talk about the micro 800 and what, I guess what are some of the benefits? So, so Mike, you had mentioned, you know, you know, the 1400 is still around for a while, but you know, what are the benefits of perhaps, you know, switching to the micro 800 controller? Well, first of all, since we started off with lifecycle, it's, it's going to be an active product much longer than the 1400. This is a 100% Rockwell developed product. They have 100% all control over it. And it is really their leading strategy for the small controller OEM market. It was made for that. We don't like to talk about cost on these podcasts, but it is truly the most cost-efficient uh, controller we have. When compared to the Micrologics 1400, which is, again is an excellent controller, I mean, the 1400 
added all the feature sets we needed in the other previous versions of the MicroLogix. But the 800 can support multiple languages besides ladder. It can do structured text and function block. It lets you create your own function blocks, much like uh, Studio 5000. There are Ethernet is built into the majority of these controllers, and we do handle Modbus natively. So it's a really good small OEM controller and it fits the bill. If you go back to the Micrologix 810, it's hard to find a cheaper controller for $100. You get eight inputs and four outputs, plus it utilizes free software. That's that's a pretty nice reason to take a, a long, hard look at this product when trying to convert over from Micrologix or tell you the truth from anybody's microcontrollers. It, it's definitely, it's worth a look. Yeah, it's like one thing we talked about a couple of episodes ago with David Newt on I. IoT was that the Micro 800 also has the uh, OPC UA connector ability, so you can actually make it into an Internet of Things type of device as well. What about motion, Joe? I think the Micro 800 can handle motion too, right? There are a few variants that can do motion, and so we've got some of the uh, PLC open motion commands inside of them, and we do a lot of the motion control with step and direction, PTO, pulse train output, and so we have high-speed counters to bring in encoders. It works really good for those small individual axis servo systems or stepper control systems, and we can do, I believe, up to three axes of motion on a couple of the different platforms. So the uh, 830 and 850 are the ones that typically typically do the motion. Let's talk about what a typical migration looks like for a customer. You know, if you're a MicroLogix customer, what, how would you go about starting and migrating to the Micro 800? The first step to look at is really trying to is really trying to pick out what the platform should be. Backing up before you even try to migrate to the Micro 800 is the question is, is a code existing? Does a system exist? What kind of downtime can I accept? Because in a lot of those cases, we might migrate to the 1400, migrate to the MicroLogix 1400 because it's still going to be available for a while. The code will have very minimal changes, most likely, depending on the platform. So it may actually be the, the more viable migration than going to the Micro 800. Um, in the long term, Micro 800 is what we'd want to look at. And then if you're dealing with anything new, where you're looking at doing a substantial amount of changes to an application, or you're building a new application, we definitely want to push toward the Micro 800 series. So that that that's just kind of the beginning. Once you decide which platform you want to look at, then we need to look at I.O. count because that's typically the one of the most important things. The type of I.O. did uh, DC in inputs, AC inputs, relay outputs versus AC solid state outputs versus DC solid state outputs. How many of each do you need any analog? And that will kind of help us frame which of the micro 800s to go to. Um, this other piece to go with that is the networking. Are there any particular network types that are being used currently? Almost Every time there's an HMI involved, a panel view or something like that involved, there's a little bit of engineering work that needs to be done on those when you migrate because you're changing where all these tags are that the HMI is looking at. You're changing the address structure. You're changing how the data is accessed, possibly changing the communication protocol used to get to it. So that's typically one of the other things to look at is, you know, how are we getting to that? So if you're using, this is more complicated in some of the SLCs and PLC5 migrations, uh, some of the more obscure protocols that we don't use and support so much anymore. Migrating those over to Ethernet is an additional step that then requires an additional step of, of work on the HMI. So we typically look at those pieces. So verifying the serial communication, if you're using serial, then making sure that that type of communication is available on the newer controller, or deciding if you want to migrate away from serial completely when you go to the new controller. 
because that's an opportunity to do that. So th those are the typically the, the first things you look at is communications, IO count, type of IO, type of power available. And then once you've made that decision, you can start looking at the, the platforms. And I, I will say we do have tools available for uh Joe's 100% correct. You have to take a look at the hardware first and see w which direction you want to go on the make migration path. Our integrated architecture builder software does have a tool that allows you to take your existing hardware and do an equivalent to um, a Micro 800. So it will help you design the hardware part of um, the conversion. And then we can go into doing the code part of the conversion. Tacking on to that point, there's actually a couple of other uh, tools that we have. Rockwell's put together a couple of nice manuals with all of the different breakdowns of the hardware. It's about 196 pages, I think. I, I read a majority of it uh, last week. So it, it's not necessarily a, a nice, uh, thrilling read, but it is very, very uh, useful and it, it actually has tables on what your existing controller would be and what you would migrate to. I guess one of the other pieces I, I didn't touch on is expansion IO. The, the amount of expansion cards and, and stuff like that and that play into that decision as well. And so on top of Integrated Architecture Builder, there are a couple of manuals if you prefer to look at those and go that route. And then what about the program? How easy is to convert the program from RSLogix 500 to CCW? Well, I know Mike and I have both done it. And it is very straightforward. There's, again, the procedure for that. The tool exists in the latest revision of Connecting Components Workbench version 12. Basically, it walks you through the steps when you go into that tool and say, I want to import a program. It tells you what you need to do. And you basically go into the Logix 500, save the file as an SLC file, and go in to open that up in CCW, and it will migrate it. You can also bring over some additional documentation, additional exports and descriptions to give you, so you don't lose a whole lot of documentation in the migration. And then it will, as it does the migration, it will spit out any of the things that it can't do. So it will give you a list of warnings, a list, a list of errors, a list of things to look at, and then in everywhere in the code that there is one of those things that will put a little yellow triangle on it so that you know where to go look. And a lot of times those are just correcting the data types or going in and taking a look and, and readdressing the timers because they're not handled the same from 500 to the Connected Components Workbench software. But as Joe said, there are plenty of breadcrumbs leading you to where you need to go, what changes you need to make. So really within five minutes, you, you can actually convert the program to CCW in at least 70% of the way. And one of the key things here when we've talked about migrations in the past on other platforms, the Micrologix is being a, a, a brick controller, we didn't typically do a whole lot of messaging with those. There wasn't a whole lot of connected I.O. as far as external I.O., remote I.O., because you can't do that with those. It simplifies the migration on those because typically those are the sticking points. It's going to be your message instructions, like with the PLC5s, is all the block transfers and those type of things we had to go rebuild. And in some cases, that was 80% of the program that would need to be rebuilt. And in the micrologics that's very few of those things. Now, there's a couple of instructions that you can use in the SLC that don't necessarily come over or in the in the micrologics that don't come over into Connected Components Workbench, and it will flag those for you. And you have the opportunity, if you're using the developer version of CCW, to build your own function block to replace those. And a lot of those, the, the documentation on how they work does exist and is available, What basically what's going on inside the black box that is the instruction. And I know I've actually helped a couple of customers out 
with some of the scale instructions and stuff like that in the past that didn't migrate over. And a lot of this code is in the sample code section of uh, the Rockwell website. So a lot of this stuff is has been developed, so you can drop it in. So what about the data types? What are some of the issues with data types possibly? One of the uh, key things is in the uh, RSLogix 500 is that we typically use more of an address-based structure. And in the Connect Components Workbench, we're doing everything with tag-based. So we can, when you do those migrations, sometimes you may end up bringing in a whole array of Bs as far as, far as bits go. And so it will convert them over, but it doesn't necessarily give you the, the best look and feel and the, the best capability within the code. And so it, it, in the migration process, it may not necessarily look as clean or maybe a little more difficult to, to understand. The Part of the main reason that it's done that way is so that the code lines up. And if you're doing, you know, minimal indirect addressing, that part would still work. And then on the HMI, it's basically just changing the tag name over and instead of looking at the the B file backslash, the, the tag changes a little bit as you start looking at the array of booleans. So that is one of the, the main things. It gives you an opportunity, though, to go in and actually start breaking things out and tagging them with descriptors and names that mean something to you as compared to using purely just the description is part of what the what it should what the tag should be called. And that kind of rolls into some of the HMI discussion we've had a little had a little bit ago. As you go and rebuild all of these, you're going to have to go into the HMI and make your changes as well to point to the new tags. And that can be a reasonably labor labor intensive process of going through all of the individual points and remapping them to the correct point on the new controller. And a lot of times when we're migrating a lot of these systems, there's also a possibly an obsolete HMI in, involved as well. So we do have some migration utilities for, for those if they're Rockwell to convert over. And the preferred panel view for these micro 800s is actually going to be the panel view 800. And it programs in the exact same software, CCW. It takes advantage of all of the tagging and stuff like that. So you can just direct address your tags. The PanelView 800 does build its own tag list, but it's a direct reference to the tags that are in the controller and makes it very simple and easy to program. Now we can use the Micro 800 with other panel views, but that's the one that's the simplest and easiest to integrate. So what about our, our next step for a customer at this point? So if they actually are interested in migrating from the MicroLogix to the Micro 800, what are maybe you know how do they proceed or you know how should they uh, contact us always feel free to reach out to your distributor specialist that's what we're here for we'll point you in the right direction we'll point you to the the lab manual which joe talked about 190 pages but it's very well written it it directs you to where you need to go as a manual goes it's one of the easier reads i've ever seen there are also youtube videos that address the uh, micrologics to uh, micro 800 conversion. That's a good way to get your feet wet. Also, if you reach out to your distributor specialist, there are labs available for doing these micro logics conversions. We do have a cloud-based lab, which we'll gladly set up for you anytime you ask. Just give us a couple days, and that will give you a good feel for what you're about to face when you start doing a uh, conversion. I, always, I would always recommend going and doing the lab first before you start a project, just so you get a feel for everything. And uh, lastly, I, I just also want to throw out something about CCW. A lot of people love the, this, the MicroLogix because it uses RSLogix 500. We have a lot of people who have grown up using RSLogix 500. CCW, it 
they say it's different. It doesn't feel right. I hate the software. Well, it's just new software, basically. There's nothing really to hate about it. It Functionally, it does everything our logic's 500. But what we can do is you can actually uh, put your CD, CCW software in sort of a, a what would you call it, Joe, in Ars logic's 500 emulate mode? It's a theme. They actually use the term theme, and in the upper right-hand corner, you can actually change it from the default theme, which is the new CCW environment, to a, more of a Logix 500 environment, which actually changes the way the tag, the, the instructions look. So in the CCW environment, up an add function is a little plus sign, but we can actually change it to an add instruction so that it comes across a little bit easier. And also as part of that, you can actually copy an individual rung of logic from 500 and paste it into CCW as well. Something that I'd forgot to mention. There is a simulator that is available for CCW. So you can actually simulate your process, but also you can do the wiring simulations on it also. Again, we're, we're talking a very low-cost controller, but we're giving you have a lot of tools to use to help develop your projects. So, and and if you're using a Micrologix 1500, that's one thing that we can definitely help with because those are a little bit more complicated to migrate uh, just because of the different expansion I/O capabilities. Where you can have the, the processor with the built-in I/O, but you can add a whole bunch of compact Logix cards to it, and the number of cards added to it kind of dictates whether you go to a micro 800 or whether you go to a compact logics as part of that migration and replacing the built-in IO as well. So typically on, on those systems, since they're a little more complicated, they're great to reach out to us to be able to help you make those decisions and kind of look at the different price points on the, on the hardware, but also we can talk with you through some of the different engineering requirements as well on doing those migrations. That's a great way to kind of wrap this episode up is just to know that you're not alone. When it comes to any migration of any any product out there, you know, we're here to help. We have all the experts, specialists on our team to help as it can get complicated quickly. So reach out to us. So with that, guys, Mike, Joe, as always, I appreciate you joining us. And uh, we're glad that Joe got a chance to talk today. Glad to give him an opportunity. And I guess Joe and I will be back in a couple of weeks. Yes, um, we'll have a episode on fiber optics coming up soon. So we'll have you guys back for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of TRC Talks. For support, please see our website, reynoldsonline.com. And for those outside of our area, please visit rockwellautomation.com and you can find your authorized local distributor there. For those who are in this area, check out our show notes and you will find links on how to contact our automation team. TRC Talks is produced and hosted by Wayne Welk and Brad Freeman of The Reynolds Company. Editing and mixing for this episode were by Wayne Welk with additional mixing by Brad Freeman. Today's guests were Mike Masterson and Joe Belaski. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next episode.